Oscar Combs here, and I want to put one rumor to rest, once and for all. The story is that Rafferty's goes all out for sports fans. And let me tell you, it's absolutely true. Confirmed. And fans love Rafferty's right back because the food is so terrific. Serve fresh, serve fast, serve friendly, lunch or dinner. Rafferty's menu is jam-packed with all your favorites. Steaks, prime rib, chicken, ribs, delicious dishes and generous sizes that really satisfy the appetite. So come hang with the sports crowd at Rafferty's. It's the tastiest place in town. Thanks for joining us on Episode 2 of Podcats as we look back on 50 years of Wildcat memories with Oscar Combs. Bo Robinson with you and in part one of our three-part series because, well, I lost track of time recording this and when Oscar speaks, I listen. We break down the arrivals and the departures of past football coaches at UK. Of course, you know the legendary Bear Bryant coached at Kentucky, but do you know about Charlie Bradshaw? And in part three in a few weeks, Oscar gives out a report card on the coaches. But first, I had to ask the big O, how did Bear Bryant end up at Kentucky? You got to remember, this was just after World War II. And a lot of the early players uh, for Bear Bryant back then were people that had been in the war. Uh, they were guys sometimes 22, 23, 24 years old, just like they were on Adolph Rupp's basketball teams. He had spent one year as head coach at Maryland before he came to Kentucky. He was away on a short vacation in the middle of the season. Uh, I don't know whether you call it a vacation or not, but while he was gone, the AD reinstated one of his players that he had suspended from the team for disciplinary reasons. Bear didn't like anybody doing his job for him, so at the end of that year, he's off to Kentucky. Once he got at Kentucky, he turned turned things around very, very quickly. Went to uh, their first bowl. Uh, Also had three great bowl uh, championship teams. uh, Played in the Sugar Bowl, the Orange Bowl, Cotton Bowl, Great Lakes Bowl. And the Cotton Bowl, that was when they beat number one Oklahoma. Yes, Kentucky was 9-0 that year. Played Tennessee in the final game of the season and lost a brutal, I think it was 7-0. And so then they go down and plays uh, Oklahoma, upsets them who were number one at the time. Uh, years later, Jeff Sagren, in his computer ratings, went back and had projected who champions would have been under his version if he had been around at that time. Mm-hmm. And he designated Kentucky would have been his number one team in that year. Mm-hmm. Did Bear Bryant ever beat Tennessee? You know, strangely enough, one time. And that was his final season in 1953. All those years, he just wore people out, but he couldn't beat Tennessee. So, if it comes down to it, we could say Joker Phillips and Bear Bryant have a couple things in common. They were head coach at Kentucky, and they both beat Tennessee. One time. One time. Just one time. (laughs) The the strange thing was, as we get into the rest of this, is uh, his successor had great success against Tennessee. Before we get into Blanton Collier, let's talk about the departure of Bear Bryant. There's all kinds of stories that go around about that. Can you set the record straight for me on it? Well, you know, uh, another one of our bo- podcasts, uh, our friend Humpsey Yeshin mm-hmm. says it best. So I don't want to steal his son or replay it, depending on when these two podcasts run. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of stories that sort of tend to uh, – uh, expand over the years Mm -hmm. get a little bit new uh dressing put on them Mm -hmm. but i think is the big thing that i know is that 
Bear Bryant always wanted to be an AD as well as coach. Mm-hmm. And traditionally in the SEC, going back to the 40s, is your head football coach was also the AD. And the reason for that was he got an extra four or $500. It was more that than controlling anything. Because in the SEC uh, in the 40s and 50s, other than Kentucky, it was the first sport was football. The second sport was recruiting football. And the third sport was spring football. That's all that mattered. Mm-hmm. So I think that had more to do with him going to Texas A&M than anything. Well, people ask me about those stories. And they, they ask me, which one's true? And I say, which one do you like? Yeah. And the amazing thing is when you read one of these different stories, uh, you look at it, you want to believe it, you just adopt it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's more fun that way. Yes. Well, let me ask you, what was the reaction of the Kentucky fans when Bear Bryant left? Well, you know, first of all, it's hard to try to compare that with today because you didn't have the media attention then. I mean, basically you wake up tomorrow morning, the radio says Bear Bryant's left Kentucky and gone to Texas A&M. And get up and go to work like that. Uh, yeah, and, and you didn't have people, you know, it might be two or three days before that kind of news made its way into eastern Kentucky or western mm-hmm. Kentucky. Mm-hmm. You had, you know, uh, in the uh, uh, early 50s, uh, TV was still just in the very infancy. And you had radio, but I think that the biggest thing was is they were a little bit uh, disappointed because he'd had the success, but because of the success he brought here, they thought it was just a matter of bringing another guy in. I mean, it wasn't just Bryant in yeah. their mind at that time. It mm-hmm. turned out to be much more than what they thought. Mm-hmm. Blanton Collier, he was an assistant under Bear Bryant. He takes over the Kentucky football program. Beat Tennessee five times. Yes, he did. And, I mean, the the problem was that if you could have combined Bryant with Collier, we might have had five or six national championships right now because he pretty much owned Tennessee, but he had other problems, and he just couldn't get over the hump. Although he proved how great a coach he was years later when he took the lowly Cleveland Browns to their only NFL championship mm-hmm. as we speak today. Yeah. Great guy. He was from here in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a really a good job in certain areas. But there were some things going on off the field at that time that when he left, uh, Dr. Donovan, who was the president at the time, said, you know, we, we've got some issues to clean up. And he called Bear Bryant. At that point, Dr. Donovan told Coach Bryant, you know, that he hated to let Blanton Carrier go because – you know, he thought he was a great coach, but the circumstance of Kentucky was just going to dictate a change. And that pretty much was the end of the Blanton Carrier era here. But bottom line, he beat Tennessee five times. Absolutely. So, Went on Cleveland Browns, as we said. So you can't hang your head too much about a coach that beat Tennessee five times like Blanton Collier. Right. And in my lifetime, that probably will never happen again. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. So we move on to Charlie Bradshaw. Bryant said, I've got the one guy that you would really need. He's got experience. He's strong. He's tough. He's no nonsense. He's got a Marine background. And that's when he sent Charlie Bradshaw here. Uh, It wasn't long after he got here that suddenly the players started just drifting out one by one, quitting, Mm -hmm. became known as a thin 30. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the time, somebody like Charlie Bradshaw was needed. Yes. I mean, there, there's no question with what had gone on during 
those last two or three years off the field mm -hmm. where they had to go out and, and do some of the things they did. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of things there that's still mystery today. Uh, people talk about it not as much as they used to. Young people has no idea, but... Uh, well, when I, when I found out last year and did my research, I called you. Oscar, you're not going to believe what I found out. And then you had to set me straight on a few things for about 45 minutes. But you're right. People my age, maybe 40 years younger, they have no clue about that. Well, the and, and it was going on during the latter stages of the Collier era. Mm -hmm. uh, there were some innuendos about certain assistant coaches on that team. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you read the Bluegrass Conspiracy book, which you can get at the library or Google it, uh, we'll delve into it a little bit. I'm not so sure all that is 100% true, mm -hmm. but what's that old saying? Where there's smoke, there's fire. A lot of things went on there. There's some there's some grandfathers around here can tell you some of the stories from back that, at that time. Yeah, It was a very, very dark cloud in Kentucky football history. So you get Charlie Bradshaw in here. He's trying to clean up the program. You've got players leaving left and right, the thin 30. What happens to Charlie Bradshaw? Well, the, the, the thing was, he what's it old saying? You bite your nose to spite your face. And he came in and cleaned up the program. Uh, there were things going on then, 60 years ago, 50 years ago, that probably wouldn't be that big a deal today. It's just the the changing in the times, but it was a big deal then. And finally, it just got to the point that he had to go too. And depending on the players that were here at that time, and many, many of them are still around. Boy, I mean, he's not he he's not remembered as a popular coach here among the players. And I should say the majority of the players, because not all of them feel this way, mm -hmm. but. I think that some of the players that was here during that era really didn't even realize what was going on until years after they left. I mean, you know, you can be with somebody for 15 years, next door neighbor, and then suddenly something happened. You're like, wow, I, you know, I've lived with this guy in 20 years. I didn't know that. And so some of those things happened. Uh, it, 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 it was sort of, you know, today even some people say, there's a curse over this program, which I don't believe, but people that want to buy into conspiracies thing, and a lot of people say, well, that was the beginning of the right That's a whole other podcast, conspiracy yes. theories about yeah. the U.K. football program. Yeah. Charlie Bradshaw gets fired. Kentucky makes a big hire from Notre Dame. Yeah, they've gone, they've gone from Bear to, John, uh, to Blanton Collier. Uh, to Charlie Bradshaw, and now they suddenly realize that no, Kentucky football is not going to be a big winner just by whoever's wearing the top hat. Mm -hmm. You know, Barry Bryant had a little bit more to do with the success than what people gave him credit for when he first left. So they had to make a big splash, and they were having a double difficult time hiring a coach that they wanted. This is what we always forget. A million guys out there would come coach Kentucky today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm but maybe not any of the ones you would want. So they had to make a commitment. And at that time, they're playing in a stadium, Stowe Field, McLean Stadium, across the street from old Memorial Coliseum, that on good days would seat 30,000. Uh, there was a time it was up like 32, 34, and then it was 29. So they said, we got to build a new stadium. And so, in the process, they were able to hire. At that time, was as big a hire as you could get. Notre Dame 
wasn't just the number one team in the country. It was the number one program. Mm -hmm. They're the only one that was on TV most every Saturday. And they were winning national titles with Harry Parsegan. And his defensive coordinator was a guy by the name of John Ray. And they had by far the best defense in the country most of those years. So he agreed to come here if they would build a new stadium. So he comes here, and by the time that he gets to the fourth year of his contract, at the end of the fourth year, he has a five-year contract. End of the fourth year, he's ready, you know, to jump into the new stadium. He's got one year left on his contract. Um, he started out with some some success early on, had a big win uh, against uh, Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he meets with the athletics uh, committee, they called it then, and asked him that he wanted a two years in a new stadium. This was after the 72 season, Lysman and the uh, Stowe fell. And they refused to give him two. He said, you got one year, one year in a new stadium, that's it. And he said, I, I really need two to show where I'm at. Now, his record wasn't all that great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't even near 500. So when they refused to extend it one more year, he said, I'm out of here. So he was gone. Commonwealth Stadium, new at the time. Was there a lot of pushback from the administration on building the new stadium? Were the politics involved like we hear about today? Well, you know, it, it wasn't like it is today. I think the governor at the time, the stadium that was built, was one of those very instances in the state where there was a Republican in Frankfurt. The guy's name was late Louis Nunn, mm-hmm. who put it in. And there's some people, and this is another podcast somewhere down the line, that <laughs> he was expecting – that UK was going to ask for a new stadium and a new arena. And on this particular situation, the only ice were a new stadium. Now, the president at the time was Otis Singletary, who was pretty much new at UK, one of the greatest presidents of all time here, spent better than two decades here. And uh, he had ties to Texas, came from Texas. And he always liked to say, us boys from Texas play man football. And uh, so... Singletary went for that, and uh, a friend that he had acquired through his early tenure here was a young businessman by the name of John Y. Brown, Kentucky Fried Chicken fame. Mm-hmm. And John Y. said, I'll go find you a coach. You know, you hire him. And that's when John Y. went to South Florida, found a young 35-year-old up-and-coming coach, a lot of charisma, Fran Kersey. Francis Kersey was his real name. We'll continue our discussion about Fran Kersey, and of course, we'll get into the 1976 Peach Bowl team as well in part two. To download Oscar's podcast, including conversations with Oscar Combs and podcasts, just go to oscarcombs.com. Take a look around, and you will also find his insights and opinions on UK athletics, as well as coverage on the former Cats and the NBA from Amy Combs. You can also stay up to date on oscarcombs.com through Twitter, at Wildcat News, and at Amy Beth Combs NBA. Thanks for listening to our podcast. 50 years of Wildcat memories.